Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Tuesday the 23rd of November and as usual with all the information contained in this breakfast briefing, it is general advice only so please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you're listening on a podcast, you can head on over to the MarcusToday.com website and you can read our disclaimer in full. And if you're not yet a member of Marcus Today and you are listening to this on a podcast, you can sign up for a free two-week trial on the website there, MarcusToday.com.au. All right, well, an interesting and a bit of a sloppy night as it turned out in the US markets. We had the Dow Jones up 17 points or 0.05%, 35,600 and 19. But the Nasdaq spilling itself down at 1.18%, 189 points, 15,869. And the S&P 500 actually in the middle for diddle as usual, 0.24% down, 11 points, 46.87. That VIX index pushing back up, 19.17, 7.04% higher. And as a result of all this, SPY Futures showing a loss of 12 points, or 0.16%. So a little bit of a subdued start to the day yet again in our market. Of course, this is Thanksgiving week in the US, so things are a little quieter over there. But the big news last night, of course, was Jerome Powell has been nominated by President Biden as Federal Reserve Chief for another term, with Lyle Brainard as his deputy, and very much his deputy as well. The two of them appeared uh, with President Biden to announce that. So they were side by side. So it looks somewhat more of a team and collaborative effort. I saw Janet Yellen on the television this morning, and she was very happy with the uh, the appointment of uh, Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell. Guess steady as she goes is the, uh, the watchword there. But the US market did rally on the back of that, but unfortunately couldn't hold on to those gains. The usual culprits, the inflation, supply chain, COVID, etc., sapping some of the confidence. And we're certainly seeing some of those tech stocks come under a little bit of pressure uh, in the US. The US dollar also uh, pushing higher as well. And with the Aussie dollar down at 72.25. In terms of commodities overnight, we had Brent crude up 1.03%, 81 cents, 79.70. We had WTI at 1.07% or 0.81 of a dollar, 81 cents as well, 76.75. So some good news there for oil bulls, but there does seem to be a concerted effort at the moment to release strategic oil reserves from not only the US, but also from China and Japan and maybe even India to try and get those oil prices down and uh, inflation somewhat under control. Janet Yellen this morning didn't mention the word transitory, I don't think, once. She did mention the word endemic for inflation with her commentary on that. As a result of all this bullishness in the the uh, US dollar price, gold slipped as uh, it was inevitable that it would at some stage. $45.30 down, so a big fall in the gold price, uh, down 2.45% there. Uh, so a big fall in gold. Some of that will be tempered by the uh, the falling Aussie dollar, but not enough. So um, looks like the gold run could be 
over for the time being. Iron ore up 3.72%, 3.409470. Bear in mind, though, that uh, iron ore is very much an Asian trading commodity. So we do see the moves in our time zone rather than overnight moves. It's not so much an LME or a CBOE commodity. Talking LME, we had copper last night up 0.36%, nickel up 1.4%, extending that rise. LME, aluminium up 0.3%, zinc, good night for zinc, 3.2% better. Lead up 1.26% and tin up 0.74%. As a result of all this uh, bullishness in commodity prices, some of the commodity stocks did well. BHP was up 3.2%, Rio up 2.1%. 1% in the US ADRs. We had Freeport McMoran down 1.4, Alcoa up 1.9, Tech up pretty much unchanged, Anglo American up 1.1, and Glencore up 0.8 of a percent. Vale, though, in US dollar terms, uh, had a really big night last night, 6.9% better. So that's something to bear in mind. We might see the continued renaissance in those iron ore stocks at the moment. The Aussie dollar, 72.25, as I said earlier. Uh, That's very much um, under some pressure as the US dollar continues higher. In terms of the tech stocks, we had Apple up 0.3, Facebook down 1.2, Google down 1.7, Microsoft down 1, Amazon down 2.8, Netflix down 2.9. But US banks were better. We did see a rise in bond yields last night on the back of the Jerome Powell announcement and we saw JP Morgan up 2%, Citigroup up 1%, Goldman's up 2.2%, Bank of America up 2 and Wells Fargo up 3% with its hip to be square having a mighty horrible night and this will feed into Afterpay today because they are the same company effectively now, uh, 6.1% down so big hit there for Afterpay in store and that will of course drag down the all tech index because the Afterpay is such a big component of that. Here you can see the S&P 500 uh, very much falling big time into the close, uh, closing down. Not huge amounts, only uh, 0.3 of a percent, but certainly uh, a big fall as the market uh, worked its way into the close. Major stories last night, Biden elects uh, or nominates Jerome Powell, bringing stability to the central bank and the Fed risks finding itself in a bind of its own making, regardless of who is chief and may need to pivot faster to tighten monetary policy. We have seen uh, the US swaps market are indicating a June rise in rates of 25 basis points, followed by a November rise in rates of 25 basis points. Bear in mind the US is pretty much close to zero in terms of rates, and you would imagine that the emergency has passed, very much so as it has here. And we are seeing that renewal of the inflation worries, and that has been, I guess, the the major story probably for the last three to six months in both countries and globally as well, the rise in inflation. Supply chain crises, which have driven prices higher and made all sorts of goods harder to find my last long after the holiday season. Of course, this week is Thanksgiving and it does kick off the season to be merry. And the PBOC, that's the People's Bank of China, language tweaks in the quarterly monetary policy may signal more easing. And Fauci has warned time running short to prevent dangerous COVID surge in the US. 
civil unrest flaring across Europe, governments tightening restrictions. There is a study out this morning I read in, I think it was the Daily Telegraph in the UK, suggesting the reason that Europe has had a massive rise in COVID cases where the UK hasn't is because the Europeans have been more social. They've gone back to the office quicker and they've been out and about socialising. Of course, you've got the Munich Beer Festival and all that sort of stuff happening down Austria way, which obviously has had a bit of an impact. It has begun, that country, Austria, begins a national lockdown and opposition to restriction increases. And Germany has considered mandatory vaccines. At the moment, they've still yet to name their government. Their coalition government should be in the next few days, though. Strategists suggest looking through worsening COVID trends lockdown in, in Europe as they won't derail the equities rally. Well, they certainly derailed some of the rally yesterday in travel stocks that at the same time that the Prime Minister was opening our borders from early December to international students and uh, skilled migrants. I'm not sure if they're really going to come, but uh, they can try. They, uh, the travel stocks yesterday got really badly whacked. Beijing says it's confident on keeping prices at stable levels and South Korean exports the first 20 days of the month rise almost 28% with global IPOs smashing previous records this year. The SPAC boom partly to blame for that. What's on today? We're getting service and manufacturing November PMIs from Japan. Not a big deal. BHP and Woodside. Last night they announced after the market that they have ticked the first box in the $41 million mega merger, where BHP will end up, uh, well, BHP shareholders will end up with 48% of the new group, and Woodside will end up with 52%. The Bloomberg dollar spot index rose 0.5% last night, and that is really uh, pushing higher. And US swaps now showing a 25 basis point rise next June and November. And if you're in Ontario, Canada, you can use Uber Eats to place orders for cannabis on your app now. Energy and financials power 10 of the S&P 511 industry sectors higher. And KKR has bid for Telecom Italia. Meanwhile, German CV19 cases rise again. And the Chilean election is neck and neck. The left and right wings are finally balanced. Why is this important? Well, you can find out today in Henry's Take when we discuss the Chilean elections and its implications for copper stocks and lithium stocks as well. Tesla was up that 4% in uh, US trade and Square, as I say, was down 6.1%. So that's not going to be good for afterpay. 10-year yields in the US, 1.63%. In Australia, 1.78%. Germany still minus 0.31%. And ASIC has warned investors about crypto. They say, basically, you're on your own. And Touch Ventures, TVL, which is the uh, innovation arm of uh, the uh, artist formerly known as TouchCorp, which became Afterpay, has backed a fintech startup called Till Payments. And APA Group, which is the gas pipeline company, has bought up nearly 100 million bucks of base uh, Baslink debt to gain the box seat in buying the company, which is currently in administration. Some excitement tomorrow, perhaps, for EBR Systems when it hits the board. One investor, Mark Carnegie, thinks that it will be as big in time as Cochlear. It is a heart device company that helps uh, patients with irregular heart rhythms. It's got a market cap of $344 million. 
IPO price of $1.08. And media talk today in the Australian about consolidation in the buy now, pay later sector. Zip and Sezzle in focus, with Zip announcing it has made a partnership to enter the Canadian buy now, pay later market. And the Magnus Energy Tech chairman has been re-elected despite some question marks over pump and dump and various other allegations against him. And uh, so he has been re-elected as chairman. The market did well yesterday in Magnus on the back of that news. New York battery plant that they own uh, a portion of is now 40% complete with further plans for a significant expansion. Question of the day today, are you happy with the BHP Woodside deal? I may have the chance today to uh, ask some questions of the CFO, David Lamont, about uh, the BHP Woodside deal. So if there's anything you're not clear about or you want clarifying, this could be a good chance to ask and go straight to the horse's mouth. Uh, But uh, clearly there's a lot of people confused, I suspect, about the Woodside BHP deal. So are you happy with it? Instead of getting cash for the oil and gas assets, you are going to be getting Woodside shares instead. It's not going to happen overnight, as Rachel Hunter would say, because it is going to take a long time to get all the approvals. They are talking about June 2022 for a shareholder vote on this. But uh, certainly the first box has been ticked last night with phase one between the two companies agreed. That's it for me today. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts and ideas over there. And if you're listening on a podcast, as you probably know, we've split the podcast into four exciting streams. You've got the Marcus Strategy podcast every day, the On The Desk podcast, which is a weekly market conversation between the guys in Melbourne, and my On The Couch podcast, which is every couple of weeks usually, where I talk to some industry pros, CEOs, or fund managers regarding the state of the market or maybe some specific investment issue. So you can subscribe to any of those three. And of course, there's the end of day in the breakfast briefing podcast to round out our offering. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. And if you're not yet a member of Marcus Today, you know where to sign up, marcustoday.com.au. Thanks again and have a great day.